I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Sherman Oaks, California. In my practice, I've done extensive plastic and reconstructive surgery, and I've seen it all. The good, the botched, and everything in between. On Skin Deep, we're going to discuss the latest and greatest in plastic and reconstructive surgery, all about injectables and health overall. I'll also have some exciting guests joining me to discuss various aspects of health and beauty. So tune in every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Welcome back to Skin Deep. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, and we are so excited for the show we have in store for you today. First, let me shout out the Mortgage Mom for all the valuable information she gives us every week. Today, we're going to cover a very hot topic in plastic surgery, and that is getting surgery abroad or undergoing medical tourism. I think we have some voicemails to answer as well in a little bit, but I wanted to start with a story about a patient of mine who had gone outside the country to have plastic surgery. Now, I'm not going to say where she went, but basically what she was going for was some liposuction, which is something that I do all the time here in Los Angeles. Um, Usually liposuction is a very straightforward procedure. We make a few small incisions. We put fluid in to help the fat come out. I use a technique called power-assisted liposuction, which is a cannula, a hollow tube that helps remove fat attached to a handpiece that causes the cannula to move at very high frequency, which is very safe. It easily extracts the fat, doesn't cause a lot of problems. And the nice thing about it is that it causes a lot of subcutaneous contraction or skin contraction so that afterwards, after you remove all that fat, the skin doesn't look like a deflated balloon. It looks nice and tight and smooth. So that's how we do it here in the US. Now this patient went outside the country and did a procedure called laser liposuction. Laser liposuction is another well-known technique and a lot of people use it. But laser liposuction is different. In laser liposuction, it involves heating the skin and heating the fat. And if the surgeon who is not, if the surgeon who's doing the procedure is not careful, it's easy to put too much heat into one area and burn the skin. And this is what exactly happened to my patient, where she had gone outside the country. And initially after surgery, she felt some irritation. She felt like a burning sensation. She felt a tight sensation. And then the skin started to change. And within one week, she had significant blistering and the skin was starting to peel and a lot of discoloration. Now, she was back in the U.S. at that point and she couldn't get back to the country where she had the surgery. She couldn't get a hold of her surgeon and she ended up coming to me. And by the time I saw her, she had big open wounds on her sides, on her stomach, on her flanks. It was really, really bad. And I felt bad for her. But At that point, there's not a lot you can do from a cosmetic standpoint. We just have to help the wounds heal. And so it took us a good three to four months to even get her wounds healed because there was so much damage done outside the country at this other surgery center. When we finally got her healed, she had tight contracted scars all across her abdomen, which were painful. They were disfiguring and really just was not the result that she was trying to accomplish, obviously. So we did a long stage reconstructive process where in the first stage we put in something called expanders, which are basically balloons that go into the skin of her abdomen. And we, we gave her injections every couple of weeks for a period of like four months and five months. And then once we finally got all the skin stretched out, 
we took her back to surgery and performed something similar to a tummy tuck where we used the expanded skin to help remove and resurface the skin that was burned, which helped a lot, except then she had a big scar across her stomach where we were able to get rid of most of the burning, but there was still some left. So then in a second stage, we did the same process again and we expanded her again and really stretched out the skin for a second time and we were able to remove even more skin. And so thankfully now she's doing very well. Uh, She's had a bunch of surgery and her skin on her stomach is a lot better, but now she has a scar where, you know, if she had just done surgery in the US and something very simple, very routine, she would have been fine. She would have had a better result and she could have avoided a lot of the trauma and the headache that she got when she went outside the country. So I know it seems very tempting to get plastic surgery done in another country because it can be cheaper, but I wouldn't be a good doctor if I didn't cover all the risks involved. So a few things to think about. When you go outside the country, there is really a difference in standardization. And when I say standardization, I mean in the US, you know that the facility you're operating in is gonna be accredited and certified based on some type of certification body. Now, that means that there is a baseline level of safety that you're going to have. You know if a a procedure is undergone in a facility that's Medicare certified, then somebody has come in to inspect that facility. They know that they have the basic safety protocols. They know that the procedure is doing the basic safety protocols. They know that the equipment that's being done with the surgery is going to be sterilized and clean. And so you should feel comfortable having a procedure in the U.S. Outside the U.S., it's a totally different ballgame. They don't have nearly the same level of standardization. They don't have the same level of accrediting bodies. And so you could very easily be in a place where somebody is going to do surgery in the back of their house, where they have an anesthetic machine. They have some way to keep you asleep. They do surgery. You don't know if the equipment they're using is even sterile. You have no idea what's going to happen once you go under. The other issue, probably the biggest issue, is the follow-up. So here in the U.S., if you have surgery, hopefully somewhere near where you live, and you have a problem, you can go to the doctor's office, or you can go to an emergency room, or you can go somewhere local to get the help that you need. Now, when you go outside the country, what makes it difficult is getting back in touch with that surgeon, because sometimes the surgery could be on a different time zone. It could be in a totally different country. And if that happens and you can't get a hold of the surgeon who did your operation, it's really difficult to even know what to take care of or how to fix problems as they come up. So if I'm a surgeon and I'm seeing somebody who had a procedure in another country, it's hard for me because I don't have the operative report. I don't know what's really been done. And it's difficult and I feel bad for the patients because this all could have been avoided with just sticking close to home and looking for that basic level of accreditation and board certification that, uh, that patients should look for when they're having surgery. So not to scare anyone further, because this is all scary enough, but I'm going to discuss an article that was recently published in the Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal, which is the official medical journal of the American Society of uh, Plastic Surgeons. So in this particular article, the researchers were looking at the experiences of patients who went outside the country to get plastic surgery. So, for example, they went to a developing country, underwent some type of procedure, and then they were seen back in the U.S. by a plastic surgeon for a complication. So, in uh, in the time period of the study, which is about six or seven years, the department treated a total of 78 patients. They were almost all women. The average age was 53, and the most common surgical procedures were a tummy tuck 
and breast augmentation. Now, of those patients, the most common complication that they experienced were pain, infection, and wound healing problems. 12 of the patients required hospitalization, and others required significant long-term wound care or repeated visits to treat infection or wound-related issues. Now, like I mentioned before, if you're undergoing surgery in a facility that doesn't have a basic level of sterilization and you don't really know how clean the instruments are, you don't know what basic sterile techniques are being utilized by your surgeon, and to be honest with you, you don't even know if the person who's doing the operation is a surgeon, it's not a big surprise that patients have these complications. Now back to the study, three of the patients still had their surgical drains in place, which they were instructed to remove themselves when they were ready. Now here in the US, unless the patient is a nurse or a doctor or a physician's assistant or somebody who has some knowledge of surgical drains and how to remove them, it would be really difficult for a patient to remove the drains on their own. That wouldn't be comfortable and I wouldn't feel comfortable with my patients doing that. Uh, three of the patients had hernias after a tummy tuck, which is hard to imagine how that happened. Uh, four patients had implants when they didn't even consent to have implants. And other patients had other issues, such as implant issues with hardening, contractures of the implants, implant rupture, scarring problem, and just not great cosmetic results. So remember too that these patients are just the patients who went looking for treatment. And there are many other patients like the one I talked about who have big problems or even bad results that they don't like that they didn't get treated for. So are there many times when a procedure goes well? Yes, there are, but it's a risk. And in my opinion, it's not worth it. So you're gonna need to see the doctor for at least a year or so after your operation to make sure things are healing well and you get the result you want. So I would just recommend if you're gonna do surgery, do it here in the US. There are a lot of great plastic surgeons out here and we'll be able to get you the result that you need and the follow-up that you need after surgery. There are a lot of skincare products on the market right now. I know it can be difficult to find which products really deliver results. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Los Angeles, and I recommend Aura RX Skin products. Aura RX Skin combines medical grade ingredients and the power of botanicals to get you results you can see. Visit orarxskin.com to see the full line. That's orarxskin.com and breathe new life into your skin. So let's talk about a few specific procedures and the issues that can come up when you're having these procedures abroad. So the probably one of the most common operations that we see patients get abroad is a tummy tuck. And a tummy tuck is a surgery, for those of you who don't know, where we remove skin, we tighten the abdominal wall, and usually it's after a person loses a lot of weight or they're pregnant. Um, it's a great operation, very high success rate. Most patients do very well. But one of the things that's important with a tummy tuck is that you can't really stand up straight for a couple weeks after surgery. So if you have a tummy tuck and then you're going on a long plane flight, number one, there's a lot of walking and there's a lot of lifting and moving around to do. Uh, number two, it's gonna be hard to be comfortable on your long flight back. Now, very similar like a, a Brazilian butt lift, a BBL, when you have fat injected into your butt, you have to limit the amount of sitting that you do. And so for these type of body contouring operations, when we're removing skin around your trunk or we're, we're moving fat around, these are specifically going to have problems when you have them done in other countries. Um, another one similarly is a breast augmentation. Now, in the US, plastic surgeons are only allowed to use implants that are FDA certified. FDA certified means that 
they've been inspected, the facility's been inspected, and there is a baseline level of safety that you can expect with these implants. Now, even here in the US, there are still issues that could happen with implants. And after 10 years, about 50% of women will have some type of revision surgery with their breast implants. So that's in the best of circumstances. Now, outside the country, the implants that you get, they're not FDA certified. So you don't know the quality of the silicone that's going into them. You don't know how sterile and clean they are. And you don't necessarily even have a good idea of the long-term complications that can come up with breast implants. Uh, there was an issue a couple years ago where the implant company was using silicone that wasn't medical grade. And it was the same type of silicone that you would find kind of around and outside the house. So you really wanna be careful Anytime you have an implanted device and you're gonna get that surgery done, never mind in the US, but to do that outside the country, not a great idea. Other types of things that can come up with liposuction, we talked a little bit about different types of liposuction, if it's a laser liposuction, regular liposuction, or power liposuction. Um, you wanna make sure that the person doing it is comfortable with the operation and what can happen afterwards. And so if you're gonna have a laser liposuction and you're gonna wear a compressive garment afterwards, which is pretty typical, if that surgeon is using a laser liposuction machine that's not regulated, it's not FDA approved, it may just be delivering uncontrolled amount of heat to the skin on your body, which is how you can get that, that burned skin, uh, really damaging, really disfiguring condition after surgery. Another one that I've seen before is a facelift operation where in a facelift, we're lifting up the skin on the face, we're tightening the muscular layer below the skin, and we're, we're pu pulling and removing skin to give a more youthful, uh, less wrinkled look. Now, one of the big complications that can happen after a facelift that we have to be really careful about is bleeding because there are so many blood vessels in the face, the face is well vascularized, it heals well, um, and that's how we're able to do this operation. But on that same level, uh, because of all the blood vessels, patients can occasionally bleed. Now, the most common risk factor for somebody bleeding is having high blood pressure, which is really important. If you do have high blood pressure, it doesn't mean you can't get a facelift, it just means that you have to be careful with the medical management of your blood pressure around the time of surgery. Now, if you're doing surgery outside the country, uh, you may not have that type of level of medical care where somebody is watching you, making sure your blood pressure is under control. Uh, if you have a facelift and a couple days later, you're going outside the country uh, to come back home on a plane and you don't have the right type of compression, you don't have good blood pressure control when you're on the plane, it's easy to see a situation or you might even have delayed bleeding so that when you come back home, you have a lot of swelling, the face fills up with blood and that becomes a surgical emergency. So. In each of these specific examples, you can very clearly see how having an extra element of travel can lead to unpredictability of the result and possibly a less than desirable outcome. Do you want plastic surgery? I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon here in Los Angeles. I specialize in breast surgery, liposuction, and non-surgical skincare treatments. Using the latest procedures and meticulous safety protocols, your health and well-being are my top priority. So visit my website at hirschplasticsurgery.com, that's H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or call me at 818-825-8131 for a consultation. That's 818-825-8131. Before we get into the voicemails that we have, I wanted to just take a few seconds and highlight a product which I think is really great for our post-surgical patients, and that's our Aura RX skincare line, and it's the Hyaluronic Acid Calming Balm. 
We specifically formulated this product for post-surgical skin. Anybody who's had surgery knows that as you heal from surgery, there's swelling, the swelling resolves, and you're often left with dry, itchy skin, which can be very irritating. You're dealing with already the incisions, which are burning and uncomfortable, but when the skin doesn't feel good, totally different ballgame. So we formulated this product, which is basically composed of a hyaluronic acid serum with a lot of soothing and calming botanicals, which will help take away that itching flaky dryness of the skin and the burning sensation often encompasses uh, post-op skin healing. So we did this because we looked on the market and there really wasn't anything available specifically for post-operative skin. Now, since then, uh, I've had family members use this as aftershave when they have razor burn. I have a family member who uses this for their uh, diaper rash cream for their baby. It's just a really nice, soothing, all-around calming product to use for your skin anytime you have irritated, dry, itchy skin. If you want to learn more about this, visit AuraRxSkin, O-R-A-R-X-Skin.com, and you'll have a lot of details and purchasing information and everything you want to know about the product. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, switch gears. We've got some voicemails to listen to, so let's go ahead and get into our first caller. Hi, Dr. Hirsch. I'm Tamara. I recently had a body lift and a BBL out of the country. I actually got it done in the Dominican and I stayed the recommended time I was supposed to stay. But upon returning home, I ended up getting a blood clot and I was put on blood thinners for six months. I was on Xeralto. But I wanted to know now that I'm off the blood thinners, will this affect anything in the future like my health? Anyways, uh, love the show. Thank you so much. A pulmonary embolus or a PE is actually a very significant and serious complication that can develop after a surgery. The riskiest surgery for a pulmonary embolus is a body lift, then followed by liposuction. Now, what happens in a pulmonary embolus is you have a clot, oftentimes starting in your leg, that can travel throughout your your body and end up in the lung. If this does happen, it can be significantly painful and it can be a very serious life-threatening complication. There are many different types of risk factors for patients in developing a pulmonary embolus. Age, uh, being male or female, the type of surgery, uh, longer surgeries, especially the ones that involve your extremities or an arthroplastic surgery, um, these all increase the risk of developing a pulmonary embolus. Different severity levels of your comorbid conditions, anything that you have at the same time as your uh, operation. For example, if you've had major surgery in the past month, if you have pneumonia, if you have a leg fracture, previous history of varicose veins, swollen legs, a previous history of a blood clot, a family history of clotting disorders, even various types of things like if you're not out of bed that much, if you're overweight, if you have a history of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, You can look this up online. There's something called the Caprini, C-A-P-R-I-N-I risk score, and this will actually calculate your risk of getting a blood clot. Now, when this happens, it's important that this is recognized so that you're able to get this taken care of before it becomes a life-threatening problem. When you have surgery outside the country, you have the extra risk of having a long plane flight right after surgery. And so if you're going to undergo this procedure and you're going to do it outside the country, you may want to talk to your surgeon about the need for putting you onto a blood thinner before surgery or immediately after surgery to reduce the risk of this happening. It's thought that the risk for blood clots is the greatest right around the time of induction of anesthesia when the 
anesthesiologist gives you the medication to put you to sleep. And that's why we always use the squeezy boots on your calves because the squeezy boots on the calves or sequential compression devices as we call them will keep the blood flowing so it doesn't pool in your legs and returns to your body. By getting this extra mobility of the blood, this will keep the blood flowing and reduce the risk of it clotting in your legs. Now here in the US, the most popular city for plastic surgeons in terms of how many plastic surgeons are in each area is Miami first and Los Angeles second. Um, throughout the US though, there are many, many, many plastic surgeons. And when you are looking for a plastic surgeon, look for the level of board certification that they have and make sure that you are seeing somebody who's reputable. Outside the US, the most popular place for surgery is Brazil followed by Mexico. But again, we would like to caution you to be careful. And if you're going to go surgery abroad, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into so that you avoid these potentially dangerous outcomes. Now back to Tamara's question. Tamara was put on Xarelto for six months after her procedure. Well, that will probably be okay. And as long as her symptoms are resolving and the blood clot's going away and she's not experiencing any shortness of breath or any pain in her chest, she will probably not have permanent damage from this. Uh, however, this is a close call, and again, we want to make sure that we're being very careful and avoiding these complications as much as possible. Do you want plastic surgery? I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon here in Los Angeles. I specialize in breast surgery, liposuction, and non-surgical skincare treatments. Using the latest procedures and meticulous safety protocols, your health and well-being are my top priority. So visit my website at hirschplasticsurgery.com, that's H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or call me at 818-825-8131 for a consultation. That's 818-825-8131. All right, so I see now we have a phone call from Sherry. Let's go ahead and hear what Sherry has to say. Hi, Dr. Hirsch. I want to get rid of my double chin. I've been researching different procedures and therapies for this. In your opinion, what is the best option? I've read so many different opinions. Thanks, Sherry. This is really a great question because this is one of the most common things that we see in our office. Uh, nobody wants to see that double chin or the turkey neck or just having that, that hanging underneath their, their jaw. It, it causes you to look older. It causes you to look overweight. And it's funny because I see this even in people who are in good shape. So when we look at patients like this, there are a few things that we think about. Number one, we think, what is actually there under this chin? Is it fat? Is it skin? Is it some combination of both of them? Uh, because the treatment is going to very much depend on what you have going on. So kind of our first example where we have a lot of fat and not really any skin excess, that is treated very well with either liposuction or an injectable product called Kybella. Kybella is a great treatment. It's a series of injections. And what it does is it essentially melts the fat. The body will then absorb the fat and excrete it. Now, Kybella is a synthetic form of something we have in our body called deoxycholic acid, which is basically bile acid stored by your gallbladder. Now, this is just a synthetic form of it. It's very safe. And what it does, like I said before, is it emulsifies the fat so your body can get rid of it. Now, this is done in a series of injections under the chin. And typically patients need at least two or three treatments to help smooth out the area. The nice thing about Kybella is that once the fat is melted and removed, then the skin will often contract and tighten. So you don't need to have that skin removed if you're able to get a good tightening effect with Kybella. 
Liposuction works similarly, although occasionally in liposuction, you may have a little bit more of that extra skin. And so in liposuction, we can combine that with something like a facelift or a neck lift. Now, when you're actually thinking about facelift and neck lift, there's a lot of different types of facelift and neck lifts that can be done. In order to kind of figure out which one's the best for you, you'll see your plastic surgeon and they'll examine you, they'll look at your neck and they'll help you figure out which different technique is the best fit for your anatomy. Sometimes we make incisions around the ears and down the back of the hairline to tighten the skin on the neck. Sometimes we make incisions directly below the chin. But once you see your plastic surgeon, they'll look at your skin, they'll look at your fat, and they'll help you figure out what's the best option for you. So if we're looking at just somebody who has not fat and primarily skin under their neck, this is something that would be treated well with a different type of neck lift. And that can be done, like I said before, with incisions around the ears, pulling the skin from the sides, or sometimes even an incision directly under the chin, tightening from the middle. If you've got a turkey neck or some fat under your chin and you're looking to get rid of it or to discuss different options that we can use to treat you, give us a call. You can reach us on 818-825-8131. That's 818-825-8131. Or you can reach out through the website, www.hirschplasticsurgery, H-I-R-S-C-H plastic surgery. We've done a lot of these over the years, and I think most patients are very happy with their results. Do you want plastic surgery? I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon here in Los Angeles. I specialize in breast surgery, liposuction, and non-surgical skincare treatments. Using the latest procedures and meticulous safety protocols, your health and well-being are my top priority. So visit my website at hirschplasticsurgery.com, that's H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or call me at 818-825-8131 for a consultation. That's 818-825-8131. There are a lot of skincare products on the market right now. I know it can be difficult to find which products really deliver results. I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Los Angeles, and I recommend Aura RX Skin products. Aura RX Skin combines medical grade ingredients and the power of botanicals to get you results you can see. Visit orarxskin.com to see the full line. That's orarxskin.com and breathe new life into your skin. Well, it's time to wrap up this episode of Skin Deep. I feel like I could talk forever about this. Now, if you have any questions about plastic surgery, give me a call, 818-825-8131. That's 818-825-8131. You can also reach out through the website, www.hirschplasticsurgery.com, H-I-R-S-C-H plasticsurgery.com, or you can follow us on social media at Hirsch Plastic Surgery. Thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait to be back here next week at 8 a.m. for another episode of Skin Deep right here on Go Country 105. Stay tuned for the fantastic custody queens coming up next. So until next time, I'm Dr. Elliot Hirsch, and I always say that beauty is not just skin deep.